Once upon a time, roads were planned and built in such a way as to take you to a specific location. In Europe, this gave rise to the phrase, all roads lead to Rome. Rome was a place that a lot of people wanted to go to or were forced to go to. But you can travel either direction on a road, so we could say equally, all all roads lead away from Rome. The Appian Way, to name one of the most famous, led from Rome to the port of Brindisi. Many centuries later, the Via Ignatia was built. This ran between Rome and New Rome, also known as Constantinople. The Bible is full of references of roads leading to Zion or Jerusalem. And that's because these roads would fill up with lots of pilgrims at the great feasts, such as Passover. Roads were so important and such an important part of civilization, let's say, they gave rise to many figurative uses. So any type of goal in life, anytime you're trying to get from here to there figuratively to accomplish something, we can talk about the way there, the way to get there, right? The way to live a long life, for example, is to get exercise every day, avoid stress, drink a glass of red wine every day, The way to become a great baseball player is to practice a lot, hang around with other great baseball players. A general way of life is a set of practices shared by an entire people whose members also share a sense of a common goal, a road that they're all traveling together. I've spent a lot of time on this because this concept, I think, is actually quite difficult for us modern people. We've lost a sense of the common good. And we're just as apt to use the word lifestyle instead of way of life, as I discovered to my peril in a Latin class, where the professor threatened to flunk any student immediately who translated the Latin word mos, moris, as lifestyle rather than way of life. And that's because there, were, there was no such thing as a lifestyle in the ancient world when Latin was spoken. A lifestyle is more of an individualistic strategy of coping with the absurdity of modern life, the senselessness of it all, stripped of any shared goals. And actually, as I was thinking about this, our loss of this figurative sense of a way, a way of life, where we have a common goal, something we can see together that we're approaching, a loss of that figurative sense has sort of been re retrojected into the way we build roads today. Instead of leading someplace, roads and bridges are built to accommodate lots of cars that are going all kinds of places. Uh, They're more about cars than about people, to quote the great urban activist Jane Jacobs. In this world, I suppose that lifestyle corresponds to getting on the road and cruising nowhere in particular, but doing it with flair, you know. But let's return to ancient peoples and see what we can learn from them on this vigil. We see that a way of life, it's not an arbitrary set of customs or taboos. It's a set of practices worked out by a group of people whose goal was a just city, peaceful and fruitful common life, human flourishing. This requires effort. This doesn't happen by accident. It requires knowing the way. You know, we, we, don't, we don't get to Rome by stepping out the door and walking in random directions. We have to get on a plane that's going there, and then we have to take the taxi to our hotel or whatever. 
So we have to know the way, and that means we probably need guides, people who have been there already. St. Bernard has this very funny comment uh, in his uh, commentary on the ladder of humility and the rule of St. Benedict. He's instructing us on how to become more humble, and he says, I'm not really qualified uh, to teach you this uh, because I'm not very humble myself, but maybe somebody who's going the other direction will give you some idea of which direction you should be going, right? So when God says that his ways are not our ways, it's quite interesting. God doesn't actually change. God doesn't need to get anywhere. But it does suggest that God is in some way traveling toward a goal, and perhaps with us. Frequently in the Old Testament, we hear God lamenting that his people won't walk in his ways. That's what we heard Baruch saying tonight. And this suggests also that God builds the road. God knows where we should be going, and he has the way for us. And for whatever reason, we prefer our own ways, right? And don't we see this in tonight's reading from Exodus? God opens up a way through the Red Sea, and then he leads his people by this unusual road that they wouldn't have figured out by themselves, right? Uh, he takes them from slavery to freedom, to a life they couldn't imagine. You know, when Moses first goes to the people, they can't hear what he's saying. He's saying, I, I'm going to take you out of Egypt. God's going to do this for you. And they're thinking, no way, this is absolutely impossible. We're slaves. All you're going to do is make things worse. Don't stir things up. But God sees a different future for them, leads them on this new road. So God's ways are high above our ways. They're not perceptible to us right away. And I think we can also take this to mean that the goals that God has in mind for us exceed what we would set as goals for ourselves. God sees possibilities in our lives as individuals and as community that we can't from our vantage point. For example, he knows why he made us. You know, each of us is an individual with a particular role to play. He knows what that role is. He knows what the purpose is for which he made each of us, each of you. We typically tend toward our own paths and goals. We get seduced away by short-term comfort and security, the esteem of others, and so on. And so the church gives us this season of Lent to help us break free of those habits of thought that obscure God's ways from our eyes. And in tonight's liturgy, like the Israelites of old, we walk on God's path, this time into a darkened church, following Christ, our head. As he goes into the tomb, as he goes into hell, we in faith follow him into the dark. This road that Jesus took, it's now the road to Calvary. It's the kind of road we wouldn't choose for ourselves, right? And often enough, when God points out this road to us, we're tempted to say, ah, no thanks. Is there another road we could take, you know? The only thing that can convince us to take this road, or maybe there are two things. One is that the roads we've tried just haven't really worked. And the second one is that God has gone first. And he has. We see tonight with the eyes of faith that the road keeps going beyond death. It doesn't stop there. There's another side to death, a new possibility beyond what we could have conceived. God's high road is paradoxically the road of self-abandonment and self-offering, a handing of oneself over in faith, trusting, seeing the Lord's resurrection, trusting that the end of this road is not self-extinction, but eternal life 
with all the saints, with all the angels. So not only did we follow Christ into the darkened church, but in a moment we will follow him again to the baptismal font and agree to follow him in this other mode, the route of baptism. Like the Israelites being led into the sea, we are led into the font where all our sufferings and death and death itself is merged with Christ's death. His faith in the Father's deliverance becomes our faith, and his resurrected life becomes our new goal. What's more, there's a great mystery here, because in some sense, through baptism, we already begin to live with one foot in that new world of the resurrection. So we're both at our goal. We've received eternal life in baptism, and we're still pilgrimaging toward its final manifestation. To the extent that we cooperate with grace and make good on the mind of Christ within us, we will be channeling God's eternal, unchanging life into the cosmos around us. And all things will begin to emerge with their true meaning, their true purpose. We'll be bringing bringing everything down this road to God. And even suffering and death will have been transformed into a pathway to God's glory. And what we will discover is that God's way, the way of the cross, is actually the way of life.